The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to a special postseason preview edition of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today are Edge's own DJ Short and Christopher Crawford. Note, we are recording this podcast late, or at least for us West Coasters, it's late. For Chris, it's uh, on the West Coast. It's like an early evening for you. <laughs> but we are recording this episode live right after the Cardinals-Dodgers-NL wildcard game as the Dodgers take a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. Chris Taylor take it deep. I mean, just an excellent game from start to finish. We are going to cover, obviously, both of the wildcard games that went down, kind of hit them real quick before we get to all of the great matchups that we now know, now that we're finally in our final eight. Uh, before we get to those games, though, a quick programming note here at Circling the Bases. We will be ending our live shows for now, but we will still be putting out three new episodes per week as we move into the playoffs, with new episodes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday starting next week. So spend some of your October right here with us as we take you through the playoffs and into what will assuredly be a ridiculous and wild offseason. But let's get right to the games, and let's start with what we just watched, boys. I mean, we just watched nine innings of epic what – Felt like, I mean, it was obviously a tie score going into the ninth, but a two-run lead in the end. But it was anybody's game for the entire game there. And, I mean, when we saw Max Scherzer get pulled after, what, three innings or whatever it was, I mean, I think you couldn't have drawn it up any better as a Cardinals fan, and that only makes it more crushing to watch how that played out uh, when you fast-forward the entire nine innings. Yeah, I think the the danger of the postseason is, yeah, I mean, you know, bullpens can dominate and stuff, but – if you're asking for like every pitcher to be on over the course of a game, like that gets, that gets dicey, but yeah, the opportunities were there for the Cardinals. Tommy Edmond did his best to, to get in position to score. Uh, he had three of the Cardinals, five hits, mm-hmm. um, stole two bases. Like he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do with the Cardinals. Couldn't get that big hit. Um, and the Dodgers did ultimately Chris Taylor, who didn't even start the game, by the way, mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, came off the bench. He's been in a miserable slump, but to deliver the Dodgers to a series uh, against the Giants, which we'll get to. But yeah, just the fifth walk-off homer in a winner-take-all postseason game uh, of all time. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a big deal. 
Yeah. Yeah, this was a really, really good baseball game. And I, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say sorry to our buddy Drew Silva. That's well, yes. a, heart, a little bit of a heartbreaking way to lose. I mean, they were a little bit. They were kind of playing with house money a little bit to me, but still, yeah. it's no fun to get that close and then to lose. Max Scherzer just looked absolutely thrilled to be coming out of that baseball game. Just, <laughs> just, a, just, a, just real happy to be uh, like you'd expect anything less from the guy. Um, I think one thing going forward that I'm keeping an eye on here was Cody Bellinger looked kind of locked in at the plate today. And yeah. they had two really good at-bats, two big walks, also stole at least one base. I might have seen him steal a couple. Yeah, he stole two bases, two. Um, ended up scoring that winning run. Yeah. Um, if he gets going, this Dodger team, which is it's weird to say about a team that is 50 games over 500, but if he gets going, that's going to be massive. But, yeah, disappointing loss. Had to give a ton of credit to that Dodger bullpen, which was just – Dominant. I saw everyone on Twitter yeah. when they brought in Joe Kelly, just kind of having a collective uh, conniption, but he was outstanding. So was Gratterall. So was Blake Trinan. Um Really, really talented baseball team advances. But sorry, Drew. I, I was kind of hoping in the end that they would. You know, what's interesting about the Dodgers, if if Ballinger, can, number eight hitter, Cody right. Ballinger, yeah. Uh, yeah. can start to turn it around a bit. I mean, we don't know when Max Muncy's going to play again. Dislocated that elbow. Sure. Uh, He's a question mark from the entire postseason. Like, let's mm-hmm. be real about it. You know, but if Ballinger can be something close to his something close, it yeah. doesn't need to be 2019 form, right. but at least sure. productive. That's that's a game changer for for the Dodgers, obviously. And kind of yep. in that eight spot at two a little bit too, like the chance yeah. to steal a base and get bump that guy over to first and then have Mookie Betts and Corey Seager to drive you in. That can yeah. be pretty huge. I know we talk about manufactured baseball and it's not a big deal, but having that eight spot get on in the National League and to be able to steal bases could be something very significant for them. And yeah. you watch the Cardinals have that tonight as, yeah. um, as what's his name? Um, eighth hitter for them. Why am I blanking? Uh, gosh, I'm completely blanking. But he got on base twice and stole two bases as well from the eighth spot. Granted, he got hit twice. He didn't actually get on base. You know, he didn't hit the ball on base. He just right. happened to get into two different breaking balls. But right. was able to steal second base, had Wainwright putting down sacrifice bunts. If that is the same thing that the Dodgers are able to do with theoretically a Cody Bellinger in the eighth right. spot, that is just such a nice move for them moving forward. And like you said, DJ, I was going to bring it up as well. With Max Muncy being a question mark for the rest of this postseason, a – even remotely productive Cody Bellinger is just unbelievably huge to for the Dodgers trying to make this repeat. Just crazy in that front. Uh, let's flip over to the American League game. Uh, I don't want to, but we will <laughs> because I'm a professional. Uh, the Red Sox took care of the Yankees 6-2. to two. Uh, Really, it wasn't all that close of a game. I Look, if Stan gets another 10 feet on either of those two swings, this might have been a completely different game, but right, yeah. 10 feet is 10 feet, and yeah. it wasn't close. So, um, unfortunately, both of those end up being singles in the end of the day. Thanks. John Sterling thought they were home runs. Oh, well, yeah, John Sterling, is- I've listened to enough John Sterling to know that there are <laughs> shallow fly balls to left field that I get the, it is high, it is far, it is caught by the second baseman in shallow right field. And you're like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the Red Sox looked great in that game. I mean, kudos to Nathan Avaldi. I mean, we all came into that game talking about Garrett Cole. Uh, he did not live up to expectations. Nathan Avaldi superseded all expectation, expectations on his hit end. He looked great. 
Um, and then obviously we saw, and Chris, you brought him up before Garrett Woodlock came in, yeah. he closed out the game. He looked, I, he looked great in that spot. That's sure. a, a big spot. We're going to get into obviously the Rays and Sox series coming up, but that is just huge. Him being back into that bullpen and him looking as good as he did. Um, granted it was against what looked like three Yankees who were just done at the time that ninth yeah. inning looked like it was all but a formality, but yeah. him being back, Garrett Whitlock being back at the back end of that bullpen is huge for the Red Sox as they move forward. Yeah. yeah. And Tanner Hawk looked good too, uh, mm-hmm. coming in in relief. So, uh, we didn't really talk about him much in the, the podcast no. we did the other day, but he can be no. a huge factor, uh, during the postseason as well. And, you know, with Garrett Cole, you know, the, tied for the shortest start of his career. Um, you have to wonder, you know, was the hamstring 100%? Like, I, I don't know. Or just he didn't have it, you know. But either way, like, it was pretty clear early on that that he just wasn't hitting his spots and that wasn't going to go well. And, you know, if he couldn't pitch deep in that game, I, I just didn't think the Yankees had had much of a shot. But you have to give credit to the Red Sox pitching, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'll say this. Uh, you looked at Cole's last three starts. He just wasn't the same pitcher. He gave yeah. up 15 runs in those previous three. And his, you know, the velocity and the arm strength looked fine. It did not look like the same Garrett Cole to me mechanically. And I, I, you saw the command was way off. It wasn't just a control. I mean, he was missing his spots by significant margins. And I can't help but think that is at least somewhat injury related. Garrett Cole's yeah. just too good of a pitcher. Um, really nice job by Nick Pavetta. Uh, I'd have to make that joke. <laughs> Again, I apologize yeah. about that one guys, but yeah, Nathan Iovato was great. And uh, you know, this Red Sox lineup is talented and it's been a frustrating lineup to watch really since June. Like they pretty up and down in terms of results for most of those guys. The J.D. Martinez thing is huge for me. It's like, what are we going to see from J.D. Martinez going forward? Is he going to be part of that roster? But we can kind of get into that as we get into the previews. Yeah, but just to finish one final point on Cole, um, you saw, I mean, obviously that Schwarber home run was a high fastball that missed by three inches above the zone. Schwarber just (laughs) got to it. But that changeup that he gave up the first home run that he gave to Bogarts, I mean, that was a sitting, that was just on a platter. Bad pitch. Right in the middle. I mean, it was a fat fat change up middle up and that's the kind of pitch that you just don't see Garrett Cole pitch when he's on and right. you saw it early in that game it looked like he was he didn't have his good stuff he looked like he was going to have to fight and claw and tooth and nail it and he just right. didn't have it at that point I mean kudos to the Yankees bullpen for hanging in there as long as they yeah. could I for mean, sure. they were asked to, they were asked to get 21 outs I mean yeah, that's yeah. not you didn't Stop walk into it. this game expecting them to have to do that um so kudos to the Yankees bullpen but um, outside of Judge and Stanton, just the rest of the Yankees' offense just did not show up to that game. And no, while Judge no. and Stanton are very good, they're not that good to the point where they can single-handedly uh, take down a very good Red Sox team. So, And it, it yeah. didn't end up mattering, but I do have to say that send of Judge, it still yeah. baffles Terrible. me. I Terrible. don't understand it in a two-run game. And look, Joey Gallo ended up popping out and uh, maybe not. But you have another chance to score – Two runs if you don't send that guy. I think that was a very, very big play in that game. That was a momentum killer. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was absolutely a momentum killer there. That was a time when you could have had Stanton and Judge at second and third yep. with one out. And you know what? Let's put the pressure on. Instead, you took all of that off. And, and they pitched Gallo differently. Yeah, they absolutely oh, pitched Gallo differently. Yep. Absolutely. So Red Sox move on in that series. Dodgers obviously move on in the National League. So let's pop over to the rest of the expanded playoffs now that we have it 
all eight teams set moving forward. And let's start with the Rays and Red Sox as we're talking about the Red Sox now. Uh, season series, the Rays won that series. season series between uh, them and the Red Sox 11-8. to eight. Uh, Rays 100 game winners this year, plus 206 in a run differential, which was the best in the American League. One run better than the Astros. Um, Shane McClanahan, Shane Boz, and Drew Rasmussen are expected to pitch games one, two, and three. If you told me that those were the three names that I was going to get at the start of the year <laughs> yeah. for the Rays in the yeah. division series, I would have laughed at you. But sure. here we are pitching those three guys. Um, I know, Chris, You, I, I saw you on Twitter. You, you want to have a lot of conversations about <laughs> McClanahan and Boz. Oh, not ready two months ago, but suddenly yeah. ready to pitch in October. Funny but, how that works. Obviously, on the other side, the Red Sox taking down the Yankees. That offense, yes, we have to figure out what J.D. Martinez is, what is his health status, but that offense, one of the better ones in the American League, that is very deep, um, plus 80 run differential. Uh, So we're just excited. Eduardo Rodriguez expected to start game one there. We don't know our game two and three starters as of this recording. So, DJ, start us off here. I mean, what are are you looking at in the series as – some of the big things that you're focusing on who wins and who goes home. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, is experience. Cause you know, with the Red Sox, they still have pieces from the last time they won the world series, you know, and, and with the Rays, you're, you're looking, I mean, they, they went far in the postseason last year, obviously, but you know, especially with this rotation, you're relying on a lot of young arms who are admittedly super, super talented, right. but haven't been tested in this way. Um, so I think that's the biggest question mark for the Rays going into this series. But we do talk about the Red Sox, how great their offense is. But I think the Rays offense is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe maybe like sneakily so uh, if you're looking at like the overall season numbers. But like a lineup that has Nelson Cruz now, Wander Franco came up midseason. It's a very deep and versatile lineup. So I think their offense is a strength. I think their bullpen, which... Somehow they managed to cobble that together every year. They had the lowest bullpen ERA in the American League somehow. And I think that's a strength as well. It's just the rotation is 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 a question mark for me. No doubt they have the talent, but I just I have no clue how that's gonna go. It's a weird series to me because yeah. I think both of these teams are the talent, you know, it's you can't get to this point without being talented. But I see flaws in both of these rosters, too. And, I, and I, the starting pitching is going to be real interesting to me. I mean, I, I, I talked about this with Dane Perry on, on our podcast last week that, like, I would start Boz in that first game. I think he is sure. their best starting pitcher right now. But there's no doubt that there's risk. And, um, you know, but you look at the Red Sox, like, can you guarantee anything outside of Eovaldi, who won't be able to start until the middle of the rotation? Like Chris Sale did not look good at the in these yeah. last few games. He really struggled with his command. Nick Pavetta, I talked to him about it in our last podcast. Um, probably a little too much in the last podcast, to be honest with you. But what when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he is replacement level bad. bad. It, it, Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez starting this first game. The Rays have a lot of lefty killers in this lineup, and I think yeah. that's a big thing too. I got to say, I am super excited to see what Wander Franco does in this series. Like yeah. he impressed me so much. And he just kind of has that star quality to him. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Especially when you compound that with last year's Randy Arozarena. Right. Let's make a statement on the biggest <laughs> stage. Well, you know what? Wander Franco just seems like the perfect substitute there for this year's um, Arozarena. To mm-hmm. your point, DJ, I agree. And actually, 
I mean, obviously, when we talk about the Rays, I look at McClanahan, Boz, and Rasmussen, and I see, all right, we could potentially see three bullpen games there. Like, I mean, I, I mean, any one of those guys could be three to four innings at most, and you're asking the bullpen to pitch the second half of a game, and you could see that for all three. None of those guys is guaranteed that you can feel confident that you can get six, seven, potentially eight out of any of them. None of them are going to be those guys. So um, we kind of mentioned when we talked about the Yankees bullpen in the wild card game, the Dodgers bullpen in the wild card game, like it's a lot of arms that all need to be on at the same time. If you're going to get 27 outs and the Red Sox have an offense that can absolutely beat you. If you start hanging stuff over the middle. So um, I completely agree with you. I think that's a big X factor in this spot. And like you said, I mean, the Red Sox pitching has been the biggest question mark for them all year. We knew that offense was going to score runs. We just didn't know how far the pitching staff could take them. I mean, Eovaldi got them through the wild card game, but you're absolutely right. As we look forward into a best of five series, knowing that Eovaldi can at most go once in that spot. Right. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez going to go twice if it goes five since he's starting game one. Sure. So there's three of your five. Sale takes one of them, and I guess you fill fill it out with Pavetta there. I mean, there isn't a lot that you can really grab onto and say, we got this. And Chris oh, Sale, yeah. you expect that maybe he just turns into big game Sale again and can kind of roll back the clock when it matters. But he's still coming off of Tommy John surgery. We still have not seen him fully stretched out, and he has not looked great entering the postseason. So that is more question mark than it is confidence so a lot to go from there i mean unless you guys have anything else let's throw a couple uh throw a couple uh, predictions out the red Sox lineup jd martinez the status of the ankle we have to watch that also second base with the red Sox, kind of interesting jose iglesias not eligible for the postseason roster so christian arroyo probably going to play a lot of second base he's only had 11 plate appearances since the middle of july um, so that's a big question mark too. Maybe you see Kike Hernandez play some second base, but maybe that depends on the health of JD Martinez. You put right. Alex Verdugo in center field. That's maybe not where you want him to be if you want your optimum defense. So there's a lot of p- potential reper- repercussions of not having Jose Iglesias being eligible for the postseason roster. It's a great point. Yeah, this is. I mean, that is a, a a big loss and defense at second base, especially in this era of the shift. I mean, it matters like that. I, I, I personally would probably have Hernandez out at second base. And then, you know, the, the outfield defense is not going to be great regardless. But uh, that's a really tough call for Alex Cora. Yeah, yeah. especially when you look at the Rays who have like a Joey Wendell who you can kind of put anywhere that is needed to be. Like right. Kike Hernandez has really been that guy. You can put him in a whole bunch of positions. But that second base spot is such a glaring hole right now that it mm-hmm. almost feels like they kind of have to lock him in there. Whereas yeah. that kind of handcuffs them when it comes to the rest of their roster flexibility that he's such a major part of. So you're absolutely right on that front. Jose Iglesias not being eligible absolutely throws a wrench into kind of the Red Sox plans. So, yeah, let's get to the predictions. Yeah, hit them up. Uh, Chris, start us off. Uh, I'm going to go raise in five. And just because they, they're going to be able to play the fifth game in a home game, I think this is a pretty even series. I have a lot of questions about the Boston bullpen, but – I do think that um, one of those three young guys is going to have a clunker, and I would imagine that uh, Boston is able to take this to a fifth game. I'll go with the home team, but I'll go Rays in five. I'm going Rays in four here. Um, Eovaldi only getting one start in this conversation, I think, lowers it to a four for me, um, just because I don't trust a whole lot else in that starting rotation. Like you said, Chris, that bullpen, while it looked great last night, 
I still have a lot of questions about it in the long term. So um, give me Rays in four there. I will go Rays in five as well. I I feel like, like Chris was saying, I I think one of these young starters is probably going to have a rough time. uh, And the Red Sox will have their chances. I think at least one of their starters will probably pitch a brilliant game. I don't know if it's going to be Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, I think it I could just, be Chris. I think it I could be Chris. I just hope yeah. it's better at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right, right, right. Uh, but I think the Rays are the better team. I think they're yeah. the more complete team. I think they're more versatile team. I like their bullpen. I, I think all in all, um, they deserve to be the favorite here. All right, let's go over to the other American League matchup that has been set for a while now, the Houston Astros taking on the Chicago White Sox. Uh, When the two teams played this season, they played seven games. Houston won five of them, including a four-game sweep back in mid-June. Astros 95-67, and White Sox 93-69. and Uh, Like I said, Astros plus 205 in the run differential. That's only one run behind the Rays for best in the American League. Astros also 45 and 32 against teams with a winning percentage over 500. White Sox, however, on the other hand, while this is the most wins as a franchise since 2005, 27 and 29 versus teams with a winning record over 500. So there is a question mark as to just how good these White Sox really are. They went 44 and 32 against the American League Central and 35 and 28 against the rest of the American League. So they clearly took care of business in-house, but we are going to get a great showing to see, all right, how good are they really when they have to go up against nothing but excellent teams, which they will now have to face moving forward. I think the funniest thing about this matchup is the last time they met in the postseason was in 2005, and that was the World Series when the Astros were still in the National League, which some people think that World Series never happened, by the way. Uh, Might not have. Some people don't remember the White Sox winning that World Series. It's like a Mandela effect kind of thing. Yeah. Um, When it happened, it's a little blip. The Nationals yeah. will be that team a decade from now. They, like, they we'll all be remember, be. like, oh, yeah, do you remember the Nationals mm-hmm. one? <laughs> yeah. That might be. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 th- what's interesting about this matchup is, like, we kind of knew this was going to happen probably for a while. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, right. these teams are very familiar with each other. And I, I think this is a pretty even matchup as well. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup. And, you know, when we talk about the, uh, the strength of schedule and that kind of stuff, it's hard for me to really put too much weight in that because the White Sox roster is different now than like the bulk of the season. You know, you're talking about Luis Robert, like coming back and he's hit 350 since coming back from injury, uh, 12 homers since that torn right hip flexor. Um, I love the White Sox bullpen. You have Craig Kimbrell pitching eighth. I mean, uh, Carlos Rodon, I think, is the biggest question mark potentially of this series for the White Sox. Like, what can you reasonably expect from him? Right. Um, and Tony LaRusse is being really vague about how he might use him. You know, he he pitched like five scoreless innings last week. I think it was last Wednesday. But his velocity was down. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's something going on there. Um, so what can you expect if he's on the roster? Are they actually going to start him? They use him out of the bullpen. I don't know. I, I, it's That's going to be a really tough call for the, for the White Sox. But... Um, these are both really good offenses. Um, I think it's just a matter, uh, to start with, uh, Lance Lynn, um, the Astros have had his number over the past two years. Interesting. Um, 
He gave up six runs in four innings in his lone start against the Astros this season, 16 runs and two starts against the Astros last year. Astros have a lot of the same personnel. So I'm willing to, you know, give that some weight. Um, so that's, you know, Lynn starting game one, that could set the tone off the bat. So I, I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch as sort of like an X factor player. I love this series. It's my favorite series that we're going to get because I think both of these teams have, you know, it, it, people don't like the Astros and it's justifiable, but you can't deny that they have a very talented lineup. Um, yeah. But this Chicago White Sox lineup might be, it's certainly the most fun team left. I mean, Toronto and San Diego, you know, were like the arguments, but they're not playing anymore, but the, you do, yeah. the White Sox are, and there is so much talent in that lineup. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the big question mark is, there's no question about the talent of the Chicago White Sox pitching staff, but it, with all due respect to last year where they played in, in that postseason series against the Athletics, I, it's just not the same thing as what they're going to be doing right now. How are those young arms going to step up? Because there are, look, there are arms here that didn't exactly light the world on fire in this in this Houston pitching staff, but they're battle tested and they're going to be ready for this series. And I think this is the most interesting, most even talent matchup. So it's going to come down to Dusty Baker, I think, versus Tony La Russa. And mm. with all due respect, advantage Baker. Yeah. Not, not giving anything to the Hall of Famer? Not, no, no guy with a, with a World Series <laughs> ring on his finger? You've yeah, managed some really good teams. Congratulations for falling into the right spot about seven uh, times. <laughs> your, your, your hatred for Tony La Russa always drips <laughs> through the screen so nicely. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right, though. This, I mean, I think the Dodgers and Giants, I think, is my favorite series of these four just because of all of the extra That's factors fair. that go between them. But this sure. is a really close second. I think both of these teams are unbelievably even matched. Um, you talk about pitching staff. Or, I mean, you want to go tail the tape. You want you talk pitching staffs. I mean, the Astros starting four versus the White Sox starting four. Again, not knowing what Carlos Rodon's health is at, but like those feel pretty even. The bullpens feel very even for how good they've both been. Ryan Presley has been absolutely locked down at the back end. Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got the one-two of, uh, of Kimbrell. Um, uh, Kimbrell and Hendricks. And then obviously you talk about offensively, I mean, just filled with nothing but young and exciting hitters. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kyle Tucker on one side, Eloy Jimenez, someone we weren't even supposed to have this year who right. came back from um, what I believe it was a shoulder, sur- a shoulder injury that he got at spring training was supposed to be out the year comes back just after the all-star break. I sure. mean, this was something that wasn't supposed to. So I mean, Luis Robert, this was a team, the White Sox, that were injured a whole bunch throughout the year and are finally sure. getting healthy all at the right time. Meanwhile, the Astros have just stayed healthy all year outside of Alex Bregman, who is also back, and right. they've just mashed. I mean, one of the best offenses in the majors in just about yeah. every single statistic. So yeah. I, I think that when you like look tail at the tape, I, I think it's unbelievably close. And uh, I mean, it would shock me if this series doesn't go five games because I just don't see anyone running away with it. Yeah, I think the questions for me, there's a couple. So the White Sox defense is not good. Right. Um, the good Astros point. is very good. They were second in the American League. They had 77 defensive runs saves, defensive runs saved. The White Sox were minus 36, uh, wow. 13th in the American League. That's a big disparity in a series where things are pretty close. Um, but sort of like we were saying about uh, the Rays relying on youth, the Astros are relying on youth in their outfield. Uh, Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers, Michael Brantley has some uncertainty with his knee. If he can't play the outfield, 
you know, you're going to put Jordan Alvarez out there. So like that impacts the defense as well. So I think each side has some question marks uh, with their lineup, but I'd say like, even if like Lance Lynn has a tough time, gets knocked out in the third inning or whatever, this White Sox bullpen is so deep. It's ridiculous. Michael Kopech can pitch multiple innings. Garrett Crochet can pitch multiple innings. They have Aaron Bummer. Ronaldo Lopez can pitch multiple innings. Ryan Shapira. Those are all excellent pitchers that I think can get them to the finish line. And to me, that's enough for me to, to be confident that the White Sox can pull through in this series. I agree. I, I'm glad you brought up Kopik and, and Crochet because I think that is the big difference between these two bullpens. Like uh, Ryan Presley is a very good closer. Didn't handle the role all that great in 2020, but we've talked about how 2020, how 2020 just doesn't seem to matter a whole heck of a lot. But like Ryan Presley is very good. And, you know, there's arms like Kendall Graveman and those guys. But if the White Sox have a lead after five innings, you're in trouble because they can yeah. give you different looks with a lot of velocity, too. It's it's a yeah, very, yeah. very big thing uh, going forward for them. Great call. And I think also to, to put a bookend on that, we're back this year, unlike last year in the 2020 season, we're back this year with kind of more normal day off in between right. rest spots. So if you have a great bullpen, um, you know, you should be able to be able to give these guys enough rest that you can burn them over and over again. Whereas last year, you really had to kind of manage it like a regular season because there was just a game after a game after a game. So when you have a great bullpen like the White Sox do, I think, yep. and like the Rays do, like we just talked about, like you should be able to use, you can shorten that bench quite a bit. You should be able to use five, six guys and be able to use them over and over again without having to bring up your seventh or eighth or ninth reliever at some point during the series. So I think that's going to be a major factor in this conversation. For sure. Yeah. So let's get to our predictions here. Chris. All right. I'll start it off here on this one. Um, As much as it kills me because I am still furious about them. Give me the Astros in this series. I think that, it's hard as I look throughout this entire postseason. I think there are a few teams that are as close to complete as possible, and I think the Astros are really close to it. And I think they have a chip on their shoulder. I think they have something to prove. We go into the series. Um, I just I believe in the Astros a little bit more than I believe in the White Sox. Give me Astros in five. Yeah, I, I talked myself into both teams as this conversation was going on. <laughs> um, I'm going to go White Sox in five. I just think they're. They're just a little bit more talented baseball team, and it's also maybe the team that I kind of want to see advance. Like, no no disrespect yeah. to them, but it would just be a lot of fun to see a young, talented baseball team. I think this series is going five games for sure, but I will go, uh, and that's a weird thing to say, but I will say the White Sox win it in five. So the White Sox are my World Series team. Gotcha. Uh, spoiler. So I picked them to win this series. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say White Sox and White Sox and four. Nice. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. With free delivery on over two million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service. Well, before we get to the National League... Uh, quick promo here with the fantasy football season in full swing and basketball and hockey seasons about to kick off. Make sure you are signed up for NBC sports edge plus signing up for edge plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections. In addition to our incredible baseball and sports betting content as a reward for our listeners, be sure to use the promo code basis 10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. The promo code again is BASES10. And the NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered. With Sunday Night 7, predict what will happen on Sunday Night Football for a chance to win up to $100,000 every week. It's free and easy to play. So just download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. Okay, let's get over to the National League, and let's start with the Dodgers versus Giants. Obviously, we just watched the Dodgers walk off against the Cards. Let's start into their next series here. The two NL West foes have played 19 times this year, uh, 18 times this year, excuse me, and they split that series 9-9. It has been a tight one throughout the year, and that only feels right considering one team has 107 wins and the other team has 106 wins. Um, This will be the first time, and this – is an incredible stat. This will be the first time that the D- Giants and Dodgers will face each other in the postseason. Wow. That dates all the way back to their time on the East Coast. This will be the first time they ever get a chance to play in the postseason. Dodgers, obviously, defending champions, the most complete team in baseball. No one's really arguing this point, and I don't know a lot of Giant fans who are really arguing this point. They know that what they've done is special because of how good the Dodgers really are. Um, Obviously, we, when we spoke about the Dodgers, we know that Kershaw now officially out for the postseason. That's a big loss for them. Um, Muncy, we don't know when he will come back. I don't know. If, I don't, can't imagine it will be any time during this division series. Um, so that will have to be a factor there. Meanwhile, the Giants are coming in with a plus 210 run differential. That's the second most in baseball, only behind the Dodgers. Um they are coming in about as fully healthy and as possible, which is great considering all the rest of the teams that we've discussed have at least one to two kind of nagging injuries or massive injuries that are still out to play. But I mean, these two teams know each other about as well as any two teams that have faced off uh, in the, that are still remaining, I should say in the postseason. And this is, I mean, once we learned that the Dodgers and Padres weren't going to be that matchup, like we kind of walked into this year expecting it to be, it's been sure. Dodgers and Giants really since the end of April. And we're finally getting a chance to see the two of them up against each other. It's just a shame it's a five-game series instead yeah. of seven. Because <laughs> I think it probably would go seven. Uh, this is going to be fantastic. 
and intense. And I, I cannot wait for this series. This is going to be so much fun. And, you know, I think all season we sort of waited for the giants to fade, but it didn't happen. (laughs) You know, as great as the Dodgers were, you know, Drew was saying over the final month, like how good the Dodgers were, but the giants were like, a game better. You know what I mean? Like the the Dodgers could not gain ground on the Giants no matter what they did. Uh, and it was amazing what the Giants did. And a lot of it was, you know, run prevention. Uh, the rotation had a lot of nice surprises. Logan Webb, who's starting game one, is, you know, probably the biggest among them. I don't think any, most casual fans didn't even know who Logan Webb was at the start of the season. You might have known Kevin Gosman. You might have known Anthony DiSclefani, but you probably didn't know Logan Webb. Uh, who's broken out this year. Their bullpen has been awesome. Lowest ERA in the majors, 2.99. They're also sort of under the radar, sneaky, a really powerful lineup. Brandon Belt is out. Oh, that's right. Fractured, about Brandon Belt. Thank you. The fractured thumb, I believe, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So I don't know when we're going to see him again. But still, they're kind of a team that can mix and match. I think they're going to they're gonna hit. Uh, and they're going to be fine. But I think we're all kind of waiting for the true talent to, to rise to the top here. I think the Dodgers are the more talented team. And my biggest concern for the Giants is their bullpen. Now, yeah. Jake McGee just coming back from an oblique injury, like literally just coming back mm-hmm. from it. He's their stopper at the end of the game. How rusty is he? Is he really over the oblique injury? Is he pitching in high leverage spots? Just that kind of stuff, I think, is going to make a huge difference in this series. So I'm a little concerned about that. And also, you know, the giant, the Dodgers rotation, you know, that top three is as good as it gets. The Giants are relying on surprises, and I'm just not sure it's going to work out. I think the belt loss is a big one here. It's just the, the left-handed power against some of those talented Dodgers right-handers, I think is a big loss for them. Now, look, this is a complete lineup. And I think the pickup of Chris Bryan, who wasn't great with them, but certainly wasn't bad, is certainly a nice addition to that lineup. Um, Darren Ruff has been one of the most underrated players really in baseball this year in limited time, but an OPS over 900. Yeah. Um, I think the thing about that Giants bullpen that scares me is – like it's a, a results over process thing. And this is not as a bullpen that misses a lot of bats. And you're going to go yeah. up against what, in my opinion, even if Max Muncie isn't playing in this NLDS, is still the most complete lineup in baseball. Like one, yeah. one through eight, even with Cody Bellinger, um, a, a bit of a question mark. I, I love this Dodgers lineup so much. I, I just think that all of these games are going to be fun as hell. Like that's the thing yeah. is like there's there's no way the very first ever Giants versus Dodgers series is not fun as heck. There may not be a lot of the games, but yeah. the, the games are going to be fun. I can guarantee you that. You know, that's a really good point you mentioned about the Giants bullpen not missing a lot of bats. Like Tyler Rogers is like a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's someone you want to bring in if you need a ground ball, but like a ball being hit into play in the postseason, like that's that that could be scary. Different you know? thing, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the interesting parts when we look at the Giants here, I think the Giants know that this is a special season, and obviously, 107 wins is a special season. But I think they kind of know that this came out of nowhere, and I don't know, and I, 
I mean, Chris Bryant is a free agent at the end of this year. Who knows if he where he goes? Right. Um, everyone a year older. This is a very old team to begin with. I think they have a very kind of like this is the shot. Like when yeah. you're talking about Brandon Crawford, when you're talking about Evan Longoria, when you're talking about Buster Posey, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I almost want to put Brandon Belt in there as well if he wasn't yeah. injured. But like, I mean, all of these guys on the opposite side of third, on the wrong side of thirty, all of them know that this is an opportunity that might not come again. So I yeah. will say, I think when we look at the Dodgers, who almost have this punch ticket to postseason every single year before the season even starts. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say if there is one little X factor in terms of motivation, I think the Giants are going to come into this with an X to grind. We can beat the Dodgers. If anybody can do it, we can. We've done it yeah. all year. We took 107. They took 106. Um, and and knowing that, you know, again, we talked about Brandon Crawford. He's 35 years old, and he's having a career year this year. That's just not supposed yeah. to happen. Evelyn Goria sure. turning back the clock. So, I mean – Kudos to this Giants team again for even making yeah. it this far. But I think there's they've got to be in that locker room talking like we held off the Dodgers in the regular season. We split the season series with them. They're not that much better. We proved it on the field. And now we have an opportunity to show it. I think that actually yeah. counts for something in this series. Yeah, I also think like they won 107 games, but the Dodgers won 106. So like mm-hmm. the Giants have been playing playoff games for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, to true. hold to hold off the Dodgers, so it's not like they've been resting on their laurels no. as a team that won 107 games. They've been playing intense baseball for for several weeks. It's a great point. Yeah, um, and then again, we talk about that Giants rotation. Look, Logan Webb, uh, DeSclafani, Gossman, all of them untested in the postseason versus the Dodgers, who are very tested in the postseason. I think that's a major yeah. X factor when we talk about these two teams is that we just don't know what they're bringing the Giants starting rotation is bringing to the table. We have a pretty good idea what the Dodgers are bringing to the table. Now, if there's one factor in all of this and if there's one team that it doesn't matter for it's the Dodgers, but Max Scherzer pitching in this game tonight in the NL wild card means he only gets to pitch theoretically once in the NLDS. Now, he has yeah. been their best pitcher since he was acquired at the trade deadline. So how much does that factor in the fact that you only get one game of of Scherzer versus theoretically two games of Scherzer in a normal series? Um, could that mean the difference between one game and here? Possibly. But obviously when you talk about Bueller and you talk about Urias and you talk about all the rest, like it, it's tough to find fault with anybody else. But not having Kershaw and then Scherzer only pitching once in the series, that could be a factor. Absolutely. Yeah, I will say this. I wouldn't be shocked if we got Scherzer twice in the series if he pitched on Monday and then got a chance to pitch game five in a relief role, probably. Right, in a relief role. Yeah. Be, because Max Scherzer is just nuttier than squirrel poop, it would not shock me <laughs> if he was a guy who came in to pitch in, in, in a game five if necessary. My also big question didn't, is. He didn't get burned out tonight either. Yeah, no. that's Ooh, true. 55 pitches or whatever it was, like, did not get burnt out. So if there ever yeah. was a time for him to come back a little bit quicker, it'd be after a yeah. game like tonight. My big question is, is Juan Soto going to follow the Dodgers? All <laughs> that was seasons? so great. That was so great to see, yeah. man. Like that's, I love Juan Soto. Of course, I didn't see him supporting uh, John Lester, former national legend. <laughs> what, what, what was up with that? But no, it was, it was really cool to see. Juan Soto yeah. is a very, very likable dude. Yeah, for sure. That is a very that's good cool. point. All right, let's get some predictions. DJ, start us off. Oh. I know. I'll say Dodgers in five, but it's really not easy for me. Like I can see it going either way. I, I think when you get into the int- intensity of that rivalry, 
the Giants hosting it. Like that's a big deal too. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just going with talent. I'll say Dodgers in five, but I would not be upset if the if the Giants won. That's for sure. Colin, you go next. All right, yeah, no, I'm going Dodgers in five as well. Again, like you said, I think just talent. You tell me that we can get if if we go into a game five and I need one team to win, I like the Dodgers more in a one game in that spot. Um, I will say after tonight's game, the Giants can very much look at the Dodgers and say like, hey, the Cards took them to nine innings and made Chris Taylor hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. You know, if there is any type of motivation they can get from that, like, hey, it's it's doable. Like, you yeah. just need – all it takes is one or two timely hits, and the Cardinals yeah. are playing right now against the Giants instead of the Dodgers. Right. But I think the Dodgers are just simply too talented. Give me the Dodgers in five. So, like I said, I think all of these games are going to be great. I only think there's going to be three games. I'm going Dodgers in three. And I, I, I know that I know that's like going to bite me in the you-know-what. But I just think the Dodgers are a much better baseball team. Walker Buehler has a, is a much trust. I trust him a lot more going forward. I've seen what Julio Arias can do in the postseason. I think this bullpen is legit. And again, I think their lineup is just better. I, I think every game is going to be fun. It's, it's similar to – if you guys remember last year when the Dodgers and Padres played – a couple of those games ended up not being close in the scoreboard, but every game was interesting and fun. And those were clearly yeah. the two best teams in baseball when they met up. And you might argue that these are the two best, but I think the Dodgers are a dynasty and I think they win the series in the end. Fair enough. Easily. Fair enough. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with a 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal... And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Three great words free fries Friday, especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. So participating in McDonald's through 123124 excludes tax must update rewards. Let's get over to our final matchup of the postseason. And that takes on the NL East uh, champion Braves versus the NL Central Brewers. Uh, they played 12 times in this year. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, no, sorry, six times this year. Oh, I, split, sorry, I wrote down six. And <laughs> no, that's six, okay. Six rather than three, three. They split <laughs> their right. season series three, three. Uh, Braves, 88 wins, 73 losses. Brewers, 95 wins, 67 losses. Obviously, we talk about the Braves. We talk about that offense. That offense has been very good and one that hasn't taken an unbelievable step back with the loss of Ronald Lacuna, thanks to a lot of their excellent um, trade deadline moves, bringing in Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario and Jack Peterson. Like All of those moves ended up putting a pretty nice Band-Aid on a Ronald Lacuna-sized gash. Right. Meanwhile, on the Brewer side, 
the three-headed pitching monster of Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. They've, I mean, we talk about the Dodgers starting rotation. The Brewers starting this front three might be the only ones that could touch them. Um, they combined for a 30-20 and 20 record with a 2.59 ERA and 640 strikeouts and 491 innings pitched. I just just yeah. next level ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, I see Braves offense. I see Brewers pitching staff. And if there's one thing I'm most excited about is watching those two sides go head to head. Yeah, I, I hear you. And the Brewers defense is awesome, too. So, like, from a run prevention perspective, you know, the Brewers have it all. It's just they don't really hit like they're right. they're they're an inconsistent offense. Like maybe that's the kind way to put it. Uh, 20th in the majors with a 713 OPS during the regular season. Only had one player with 25-plus homers, Avisail Garcia, who had a career year for him. The Braves had six. Uh, so that really shows you the disparity. I mean, I think some of that's a, minute, a little bit misleading because Willie Adamas has been you know, really good since coming over to the Brewers. Sure. Uh, Rowdy Tellez can give you that power, too. So I think the Brewers lineup is a little better than it looks on paper. But certainly, you know, the Braves uh, lineup is a lot better. Um but yeah, it just sort of comes down to what are the Brewers going to get out of this top three? If they, if they can dominate the Braves lineup and shut them down, then right. the Brewers are going to win this series. Yeah, I, this is I, this is an interesting series on paper, too, because I think both teams have fairly obvious weaknesses. I don't trust. That Atlanta bullpen was a big reason why they made the NLCS last year. There's not don't have quite the same trust, especially Will Smith at the back end of those games, man, yeah. has given me, as, as a person who rostered him in many fantasy leagues, more <laughs> than a few headaches watching him at the end of the games. I think speaking of bullpens, the loss of Devin Williams is a big one for the Brewers. Yeah. Like that yeah. is to get to have those three talented arms and then to maybe have a couple of games where you maybe got an inning and a third and maybe even two innings at, out of Devin Williams and then getting going to Josh Hader. I mean, that's yeah. awfully tough to come back from. Christian Yellick is, is going to have to be the Christian Yellick that we saw before. We've seen flashes of it. It's just, you know, this lineup doesn't exactly scare me. Like, it's better. You're you you hit the, you're definitely right, DJ, that it is better uh, than it is. And I, I'm glad you brought up, Colin, the moves Atlanta made because that's one of the reasons why I'm rooting for them. And it was kind of rooting for the Cardinals as well, is they showed you you don't have to – there seems to be this belief that you either have to trade away your farm system – or you have to um, just tank and rebuild. And they showed Atlanta made moves without destroying that farm system whatsoever and getting guys like Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall and Eddie Rosario without giving up top prospects at all in a, yeah. a division that looked like it was the Mets. And now they're in this position, and it's a heck of a lot better to be in this position than to be one game out and hint. hint another team that I might be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go. Let's pop back to Willie Adamas though, real quick. You mentioned him before um, highest batting average on the team with a 285 mark and the highest OPS with 886. And that's about it. There's not a batting average over 270 on the rest on this team. And he's the only hitter with an OPS over 800. Right. And yeah. obviously he was a early season. I can't say mid season, early season acquisition, um, from the Rays, and he really just changed his the trajectory of his career the second he left Tampa Bay and right. came to Milwaukee. He just looks like a different offensive player. Um, but in the 11 games since he's come back from the IL, um, he's only hitting 214. So he's not coming into the postseason particularly hot, and 
it's if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, if Willie Adamez is going to be an offensive force for a playoff <laughs> contending Brewers team, right. I would have said you were wrong. But he turns out with with Yelich not being exactly Yelich yet, with um, with Keston Hira just not living up to the promise that he was supposed to be this year. I mean, yeah. Willie Adamez is becoming a major factor. Eduardo Escobar was a midseason acquisition. That's sure. big for them, um, not only defensively but also offensively. But it's 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 funny to think that Willie Adamez might be the one of the most important batters in the Brewers lineup if they're hoping to move forward. Yeah, Luis Urias has been really sneaky good during the second <laughs> yeah. half as well. So, you know, their lineup isn't as bad. And Omar Narvaez is there; he can he can hit for power, and he's he's improved behind the plate too, which is sure. is a big plus. Uh, so, I think their lineup isn't as bad as it looks. But mm-hmm. you know, speaking of those trades, like you're talking about the Braves, Jorge Soler is the leadoff man for the Braves. Now, <laughs> I love that so, which much. is yeah. crazy, but. <laughs> His approach has gotten so much better. I, I don't know if you could really call it a small sample, but his his contact rate with the Braves up to 76.4%. His zone contact rate is 87.7%. Wow. This is over a span of 55 games. That that's is not fantastic. a small sample. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really good. Yeah, That's really good. 14 home yeah. runs, 882 OPS. He's going to be getting the most at-bats for the Braves in this series. Yeah, so he's the player I, I, to watch for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the player to watch, actually, for me, and I, again, Jorge Soler is somebody who should have been a Seattle Mariner for uh, a very low price the Braves played. It didn't make any sense to me at all. But, like, we talk about the the Brewers starting pitching, but the guy who's been maybe the best starter in baseball since September is Max Fried. Like, in mm-hmm. his mm. last three starts, he has allowed all of one run. He has a 1.54 ERA over his last six starts. He has been really really good and against some good lineups too like he he shut out the giants which in san francisco which is no easy task i mean he dominated the phillies in a game where it things still mattered for the phillies i believe mm-hmm. i mean he lowered his era from 3.51 to 3.04 if they get that version of max freed with ian anderson and uh how did the charlie hell did morton. his name he's been around forever yeah charlie morton like those are some battle-tested dudes. Like I, 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 it's weird to say about Ian Anderson, who's still technically a rookie this season, but you saw what he did in the postseason. Like as dominant right. a rookie as I've ever seen. Uh, it was fun seeing Randy Rosarina and uh, uh, Ian Anderson both dominate his rookies last year. Um, but yeah, if Max Freed can continue to pitch like this, Atlanta's a dangerous, but dangerous baseball team. So the Brewers are going with Corbin Burns in game one, Brendan Woodruff in game two. They haven't officially announced that Freddie Peralta is going in game three, but that's most likely what's going to happen. Obviously, sure. he's been unhittable for the bulk of the season. Opposing batters hit just 165 against him this year, which is like impossible, but somehow happened. Uh, but he's given up seven runs over his last two starts, four seven one ERA over eight starts between August and September. Missed a little bit of time with shoulder inflammation. Uh, his control's been better uh, down the stretch, actually, but it's been problematic for him at times. So I have a little bit of question about Peralta, but yeah. two pitchers we haven't talked about, Adrian Hauser, Eric mm-hmm. Lauer, yeah. they've been Great. awesome Very for the good. Brewers this season. One of them could fill the void in the bullpen, pitch multiple innings, get them closer to the end of games. Brad Boxberger is going to have a huge role in this series for the Brewers with Devin Williams out. Um, sure. One, Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Brewers' bullpen might be okay. Yeah. And I think a name to watch in this series who can make a big impact that we're, maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, yet is Aaron Ashby. 
really talented well, yeah, pitcher for call. the Brewers as well. I think he could pitch a multi-inning role, maybe get some high leverage spots. He's super talented. Uh, and, I'm glad you brought up Peralta too, because he does have that relief background. Maybe you start in Eric Lauer or in, depending on how the series goes. And then you have Freddie Peralta pitch in that seventh, eighth inning role. Like that. Cause Could he, be. I mean, that that's another guy that would be not fun to have at bats against, especially going full throttle, a hundred percent Freddie Peralta and really good trade Mariners, Adam Lynn for Freddie Peralta. It all comes back to the Mariners somehow. Yeah. And then also uh, Brent Suter and Hunter Strickland also in that bullpen who are going yeah. to be now asked with Devin Williams out going to be asked to get really pivotal high leverage outs in this conversation. And I think when we talk about losing Devin Williams also to such a boneheaded injury to begin with, yeah. um, <laughs> but I mean, when you lose Devin Williams, it's not losing the eighth inning. It's losing the high leverage moment. And 100%. that's the spot that is going to be the hardest thing for the Brewers to replace because you already know you've got Hader in the can probably go eight, nine and finish it out if you really needed him to. But when there's runners on second and third and one out in the sixth inning, who's that guy? And that would be Devin Williams in a normal world. And now it's going to be Boxberger. It's going to be Suter. It's going to be Ashby. It's going to be Strickland. You know, who is going to be that guy? I think that's going to be incredibly pivotal to how this series goes. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Austin Riley, who's, you know, going to get MVP votes. Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their lineup is really good. (laughs) That offense is incredible. And that's not including all the guys they added at the trade deadline. And yeah, I mean, scary to think about what that lineup could be with with theoretically a healthy Ronald Acuna. Obviously they don't probably right. don't make all the moves at the deadline that they do. Probably they, not. Yeah. They added four outfielders in a span of three weeks. They don't do that if they already have um, Acuna on the roster. But I mean, any one of them with Acuna still being there just would take this offense to the next level. But absolutely. I think they absolutely, again, that, that Braves offense versus that Brewers pitching staff is going to be just enthralling to watch throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a couple predictions here. Chris, you start us off on this one. Oh, this is tough. Like I you guys talked me in and out again, kind of like you did with the White <laughs> Sox and the the Astros. I'll just go with Corbin Burns to win two games in this series and so I'll go the Brewers in 5. I mean, it, it's a really evenly matched series. Do I do think this will be a low-scoring series if I was a betting man, I'd be betting the under in a lot of these games mm-hmm. because I think you're going to see some 4-2s and some 3-1s as good as that Atlanta lineup is. But, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with a five-game series, and whoever the heck I just picked will end up winning that five-game series. So I will say Brewers in four games. Uh, you know, as powerful as the Braves lineup is, the Brewers' starting pitchers just it's do so not good. give up home runs. They don't give up home runs. Uh, Burns gave up seven in 167 innings. Uh, uh, Peralta gave up 14 and 142 and a third. Uh, Woodruff gave up 18, but that's still pretty low for a guy through 180 80 innings. And, uh, you know, Adrian Hauser gave up 11 and 135 in the third inning. So whatever way they go, like, and considering where they pitch, where their home games are played, like, that's even more impressive. Good point. Uh, so, you know, power versus power, you know, the, the Brewers pitching versus the Braves offense. I think the Brewers pitching is going to win out. Totally fair. I've got the Brewers winning in four as well. I, I, again, if I'm going Burns with two wins here, theoretically, in games one and four, I feel pretty good about that. He's not losing twice in the series, not the way that he's pitched. He has set 70 different major league records this season based uh-huh. on how well he has been. 70. Crazy. So, I mean, that's just how freakishly good he's been, and he yeah. still won't win an Cy Young. That's how, that's how ridiculous of a season that he's had. 
Um, but give me the Brewers in four. I, I God, I wish that I just I, I wish there was just a slightly better offense on that team because I might yeah. take the Brewers all the way if it weren't because I absolutely love that starting rotation. But I'm just not sure if that offense is going to be able to take it all the way. Fair to enough. the finish line. Speaking yeah. of, should we give some some long-term predictions here? All right, so let's do that so, up here. All right, Chris, you had uh, what you said. You had Rays versus White Sox, if I remember correctly. Yep, and I will right. go. I will go White Sox in six. I I, oh. I do I do agree with DJ's pick that this is the team that's going to the World Series this year. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'll say I'll you know I'll say White Sox in seven. Doesn't matter. <laughs> White Sox beat the White Rays. Sox go to the World. Okay. <laughs> I've got Rays versus Astros on my end, and I think I, there's nothing about the Rays that makes me feel unbelievably comfortable, except for the fact that they're always really, really, really good. So you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, I, if I'm looking at a, a starting rotation that's McClanahan, Boz, and Rasmussen, I shouldn't like that. But you know what? I'm like, <laughs> I know they've got 19 fireballers out of the pen that they can just throw in in this spot. Give me Rays in a tight one over the Astros in seven. Rays go back to back in the American League. Um, let's do, let's flip over to the National League now. Uh, all of us had the Dodgers and all of us had the Brewers. So take it away, DJ. Start us off. So I'm going to say Brewers uh, advance uh, in six games. I just I just love their starting rotation. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers lineup is as deep if Max Muncie isn't going to play. Um, so yeah, I have Brewers, White Sox, World Series. I'll go Dodgers in. I, I'll go Dodgers in five. I, I just believe in this <laughs> Dodgers team so much. It, it, again, great pitching for the Brewers, but I don't see a real weakness in this Dodgers team. I'll go Dodgers in five. Give me Brewers as well in seven. It's an eager of a series, but you know what? I, again, if not including Hauser and Lauer, who have been excellent. You're telling me that in seven games, I have to go up against the three of those guys and six of them, theoretically? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's just, if they're on at all, this could be one of those just epic postseason runs. So give me the Brewers to, to pull the upset in the NLCS. Uh, and then, all right, so DJ, you've already got White Sox over Brewers in your, in your World Series. Chris, White Sox versus Dodgers. Dodgers so go back to back? Yeah, and I'll go Dodgers in six just to make the series a little bit longer and us have, be employed for a little bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Dodgers in six. I, I'm again. I'm just not picking against this Los Angeles team. All right, so Dodgers lose to your mind three games in the postseason, and uh, I will. You know, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'll go with the Rays. I think the Rays have been just sniffing around this spot for so long. Sure. It just feels like if anybody's going to win a small ball, figure out how to make it happen kind of game. It's Kevin Cash and this Rays team. Give me the Rays to win it. Rays over Brewers in seven. Um, again, they have to get through the Brewers' three-headed pitching monstrosity, but if any team can find ways of, of, of mixing and matching and putting the right platoons out there, the Rays do it better than anybody else. So give me the sure. Rays in seven. They take home their first World Series championship. Well, that just about does it for today. As always, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Love those five stars. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie. 
You can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B and Drew at, or at, and sorry, and DJ at DJ Short. It's late. I understand. Yeah. It is, I was going to say, it's only 1.45 on the East Coast. Give me a break. Be sure to tune back in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning throughout the postseason as we await a new champion. So until next time, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for listening. Dom Smith, 2022 World Series MVP. <laughs>